I still believe in Pakistan, actually, there isn't a better way to market yourself as a brand or as a new product than PSL to just get your name out there and become a national sort of, you know, uh, brand overnight. Hello and welcome to Pakistanomy. Cricket is perhaps the greatest unifying force in Pakistan and in its early years, the Pakistan Super League has had a transformative effect on the cricketing landscape in the country. To talk about the league from a business perspective, I invited Shoaib Naveed, project executive of the Pakistan Super League. We talked about the league's business model, the path to profitability for franchises, and what's in store for the future. Thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy this discussion. Shreifsa, welcome to Pakistanomy. Hello, Zaya. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm good. Not bad. I hope you and your family is also safe and sound. I'm heading into week eight of work from home, so getting a bit stir-crazy here. Um, yeah, same here. All good. And so thank you for taking out the time. Um, I want to start off by, you know, uh, having you help us understand uh, the financial model of the Pakistan Super League and how does that work, uh, particularly focusing on the cost and revenue sharing structure with the franchises and how the model has evolved over the last few years. Um, basically, uh, the Pakistan Super League um, acts as a, you know, normal franchising uh, model where uh, the Pakistan Cricket Board, uh, of course, owns the rights, right? And they've uh, given rights to each city's franchise uh, to six different parties uh, as of now. Uh, original, originally, they were sold for five cities uh, back in 2015, December, I think, uh, was when they had the auction. And then uh, Multan, Sultan joined as a 16, and they've actually been, you know, sold uh, a second time as well. Uh, so uh, basically, how it works is uh, the the, rev- the key revenues would be like in other sports, uh, broadcasting revenues through TV broadcast, uh, sponsorship revenues through uh, you know commercial sponsorships. Uh, then ticketing revenues, uh, gates, gate receipts, uh, and you know uh, merchandising and licensing revenues. Uh, the majority of the revenue right now uh, comes from the central pool, uh, uh, which basically means the revenue that PCB and the whole league gets uh, from selling the central rights of the league. So uh, the broadcasting rights, for instance, uh, are centrally sold. Uh, the title sponsorship and some of the, the major sponsorship uh, at the central level uh, are part of the central pool. Um, the overall gate receipts are part of that central pool. Uh, so, you know, uh, combining all of this, uh, uh, we get a total central pool revenue and uh, that gets distributed. The majority of that gets distributed uh, equally amongst all the six teams and a minority share is kept by the PCB. Uh, the franchisees uh, can also, of course, make revenue uh, of uh, you know, their individual assets, uh, mainly right now because it's a very new league and new concept actually in sports in Pakistan. So it will take time, like other revenue streams will take time to build. Uh, your, your sponsorship, the team's sponsorships is the main asset that they're selling uh, on an individual mm-hmm. capacity. Uh, apart from that, they're mainly, uh, you know, the main, their main revenue is, the, is what they're, they're gaining out of the central pool. But uh, inshallah, uh, as we, you know, uh, have more and more uh, seasons entirely held in Pakistan, uh, we foresee, and this is you know normal for power franchises. Well, they, they establish themselves in their in their, in their markets mm-hmm. and other revenue streams, where basically merchandising and licensing uh, take up. Um, there could be also you know a future where they're uh, mainly looking after the venues. So the gate receipts would, of course, then instead of being central pool, they you know a concept could be developed where 
uh, they are taking that revenue if they're taking up that expense as well. So uh, this is sort of like a general model of how it's working uh, uh, in terms of its revenue and expenses. Thank you for that overview. And so I was doing some research and looked up online. So on the broadcasting side, it seemed like it, the deal was $36 million over three years. HPL is the flagship um, sponsor and the title sponsorship, which is about 14.3 uh, million a year. Um, and, and one of the things that stood out to me was uh, while doing that research was, you know, the, the sponsorships of the teams and that obviously with the teams coming to Pakistan now and playing there, that, that will change. But that stood out as something as an opportunity along with merchandising and licensing. So I'm glad you brought that up. But so far when uh, in terms of, you know, the PSL coming to Pakistan, um, what has that been like in terms of changing the potential of the business model and the overall value of the league itself? Because uh, in the open source, uh, from what I read, it seemed like RFAB and a couple of other uh, companies had valued the PSL at about $300 million. And I just wanted to get a sense from you in terms of what does the valuation of the league looks like and where it's headed, uh, given that the, the league has now come to Pakistan uh, over the last season or so. Uh, look, so we haven't actually done right now uh, official valuations recently, right? The most recent mm -hmm. valuations were done uh, when our last right cycles expired and those weren't done of the overall league but of the assets that we were selling, right? This is an exercise that, you know, uh, might get, uh, uh, that we will look into. I mean, we have, to re we have to value our assets going into the next right cycle. So we're, we're currently, the next season, the uh, PSL mm -hmm. 6 would be the last season of uh, the current right cycle. Right. So after that, uh, you know, the HBL PSL uh, uh, overall, the central rights will have to be renewed, and we will be valuing those rights. But you know, uh, we might be thinking along, you know, valuing the entire league as well. But uh, that hasn't been done on an official basis right now, so I can't comment on what the overall, you know, sort of value would be of the league. Uh, but yeah, uh, coming to your question in terms of how bringing it back to Pakistan uh, impacts it, it there is no doubt about it that you know having the league in pakistan is the sort of uh, main factor for its sustainability and longevity uh, because uh, uae was a, a, a great sort of venue for us in terms of getting this whole thing started in these circumstances and the security issues that we were facing uh, mm -hmm. but uh, commercially for the fans, uh, for all stakeholders involved, whether those are you know teams, team low team owners, players, uh, uh, most importantly the, the the people who follow the game, uh, the PCB, anyone, uh, it is important that this league the league takes place in Pakistan. Now that we have had that one season here, uh, we've seen that impact uh, in terms of the engagement that we've seen from the fan. Right, we've mm. seen the full crowds. We've such, uh, suddenly. Uh, in terms of its uh, sort of brand value, it would have gone up from people who have been following this team taking place mostly in front of empty stadiums uh, to a you know a properly uh, uh, jam-packed stadiums in front of home crowds uh, is a completely different picture. So uh, that is going to have an impact, but. Uh, to, uh, that uh, commercial impact hasn't been realized yet because uh, it will only get realized once we've hit uh, the next uh, right cycle. So we'll be mm -hmm. able to be in a better position to see how uh, it is impacting it. But uh, in terms of sponsorships, it, it definitely should grow because uh, you know your, your sponsors and your commercial partners get much more value out of uh, doing, you know, on-ground activations, having physical presence presence in stadia, uh, they are they can utilize their the players better, the teams can utilize their partnerships better, or will have more opportunity to do that. They, like right now, uh, it takes a season or two to get used to uh, that uh, uh, overall climate and how to, you know, uh, forge those partnerships where it's not just about you know you get a logo and you'll get you know for this amount of money. It's more about uh, the overall partnership marketing around those uh, sponsorships. And that is true mm -hmm. for both central level partners, uh, such as HBL uh, as a title partner, or 
the team partners uh, in individual uh, capacities with the teams. So that I think that revenue definitely should increase if the teams handle it properly and the PCB handles it, uh, its next right cycle uh, well. Uh, similarly, the uh, broadcasting uh, uh, revenue should increase as well. Uh, we've already seen, I think, about a 200 to 250% increase in terms of revenue from the previous right cycle, mm -hmm. which was quite undervalued. Uh, we've seen, so that, that's a massive, massive boost. Uh, if you compare it to other sports leagues around the world, a normal sort of very healthy boost is about 100 to 150%. It's considered a very, very healthy boost for any sports league uh, uh, from right cycle to right cycle. So a 250% is, you know, beyond the charge, but that was also, that is also due to the fact that the initial value uh, and, the, and the unique situation Pakistan has in terms of, you know, not being very new to this franchising, sports franchising model, uh, that the initial rights weren't, uh, 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 weren't valued at what, what they should, should have been. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was more about getting the league started. It was more about, you know, creating that uh, atmosphere uh, for all these stakeholders to uh, get involved and build a sports business, uh, you know, uh, platform in Pakistan. And the PSL has been able to do that. Uh, but we'll see uh, how it goes uh, from next side, right side onwards. A bit of a side note to this would be, though, uh, is the, the COVID-19, uh, you know, uh, impact which uh, uh, we are seeing across the globe that taking a, a major sort of, uh, it, it impacting a lot of sports already and mm -hmm. uh, definitely will have some sort of impact on, uh, you know, which we really can't foretell right now, but we do foresee that it might have, you know, uh, uh, some sort of impact on, on the sale of those rights. Uh, hopefully we are able to uh, weather that storm when it comes and plan for it accordingly. Yeah, no, COVID is obviously uh, a major issue. And I'm uh, sitting here in the United States looking at baseball season being delayed, basketball season being delayed, and like no one really knows when things will start. And they're, you know, looking at baseball and talking about having empty stadiums and stricter protocols for the game so people can at least watch them at home, um, which of course it'll change sports all around the world. The Premier League in, in England and in the European leagues have also been called off for the time being. So um, that of course is something that we'll see how it develops. The, uh, the one thing that stood out while I was doing my research and as a follower of the Super League itself um, when, when it came to Pakistan was that from my perspective watching the games, it seemed like the crowds and the level of engagement was um, significantly higher or more enthusiastic in some of the smaller teams versus uh, some of the big yeah. cities, uh, particularly Karachi. I just was curious uh, on that note, like when it came to Pakistan, have you seen from the data and from on the business side similar uh, uh, reports in terms of level of engagement where the smaller city fans are actually far more enthusiastic than the larger ones or is it just me looking at from the outside at the stadiums um, having that sense? I think uh, we going into this year uh, and this season uh, there was definitely a, a bit of an exhausting factor for the larger cities I'm talking you know Lahore and Karachi in terms of there was cricket that was uh, that had taken place international level cricket uh, on those venues and quite a bit of international level cricket. So, uh, we, but definitely the smaller venues and we've seen this across uh, uh, in cricket. Uh, I think the BCCI has done a good job uh, when it uh, comes to utilizing, you know, their venues. Uh, they, they, I think, went with this strategy uh, starting late 2000s uh, where they shifted uh, most of their ODIs and uh, Tests to smaller venues to get better crowds, mm -hmm. uh, and we did. We did see uh, for Multan, it was absolutely amazing. I, I think yeah, I was going to say Multan was stood out to me yeah. the most as well. Uh, yeah, and similarly, Pindi was actually very, very good as well uh, in terms of uh, the level of engagement, despite inclement weather affecting it. But uh, with with uh, Lahore and Karachi. Uh, I would say that we were definitely seeing a very robust build-up, uh, and by the time we had hit hit, hit the middle of the tournament, uh, we were seeing very very good crowds uh, there as well. 
so uh, i think uh, uh, it was a first season back definitely uh, you know lessons learned in terms of maybe scheduling uh, some of uh, those uh, matches uh, in a, in in a uh, more creative manner to to suit the audiences uh, of course lessons learned in terms of uh, ticket pricing uh, as well as you know uh, how to make sure uh, you know uh, accessibility of tickets and uh, the packaging of tickets uh, is more suitable to uh, the uh, mass the masses and the and the demographics that you know actually fill up the stand which is you know the general stands uh, tickets but uh, overall we saw very very positive response in mm. terms of the attendance numbers that we saw uh, and uh, we we definitely feel there's room for improvement uh, but uh, yeah uh, i i think that 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 is the key key factor now that we move back to pakistan the the crowds uh, uh, the the revenue of ticketing and this is generally true in sports right uh, the revenue that ticketing or gate receipts bring you isn't really that high when it when you compare it to uh, the broadcasting yeah. figures or you know the commercial sponsorship uh, uh, figures but they do, but if you have uh, you know very very good attendance you know, I'm talking about seventy five percent and above on average you know, on in your games. Uh, they have a very uh, significant impact in terms of how uh, commercial partners and your other brands who want to uh, start getting vested in that space uh, uh, you know uh, take note of your of your uh, product so uh, and it affects the 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 commercial interest that they then show when those rights come up again mm-hmm. so uh, once you know uh, seeing a league and league matches take place in front of empty stadiums uh, let's say you know uh, competitors of uh, you know a certain sponsor uh, would be you know would would feel like okay maybe we've done a good job by not investing uh, in in this product it doesn't feel like you know people are really that interested yeah but once you know those matches are taking place in front of full houses uh, and their full houses day in and day out for consistent month that basically tells you your entire country is glued in uh, there mm-hmm. isn't a better better platform to get your brand out there uh, to get your message out there to you know across uh, across pakistan i still believe in pakistan actually there isn't a better way to market yourself as a brand or as a new product than psn to just get your name out there and become a national sort of you know uh, brand overnight because the level mm-hmm. of exposure you get in terms of touching all uh, uh, you know all demographics in, in the country is insane the numbers the ratings uh, the rating numbers that we get are are very very good uh, comparable uh, to you know world cup level games of pakistan india mm-hmm. uh, so uh, the, uh, that's the level of exposure we're talking about and you know consistently throughout the month that that is appealing it's just that commercially that needs to start translating uh, and of course that has a lot of extra other factors involved the overall economy of the country covid of course will have an impact unfortunately as well uh, how much the, the brands are willing to spend but this is uh, this is a natural process that any league goes through uh, you look at the nba you look at the nfl you look at you know these established leagues now that are operating in the us which you know is by far the most established sort of sports market in the world but you go back i was watching uh this the documentary that you know quite hot these days the, the last dance on netflix uh with with the bulls uh, and you know i'm 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 picking up on these things on how the sponsors were you know kind of branding themselves and, yeah uh, and and they and it, it is similar to stuff that kind of you know bothers me when i'm currently in the psl space you know we we where we feel like we're giving too much space to brands and you know we're not giving sanctity to our product but that's a battle that every and that's a balance that every league has to strike uh, uh and it's a natural process that we have to go through uh and and uh, with more uh, you know seasons taking place here given you know uh, enough time uh, and of course stability in the overall economy uh, and the countries you know uh, Uh, environment uh, do feel that uh, uh, this is just the beginning for the PSL uh, 
in terms of the commercial strength it has uh, it has a potential to to have an impact on no it was it's interesting i agree with you on the fact that you know having gate receipts and having people show up to the games then actually builds it for better television right you don't want uh, especially the energy of the crowd then feeds into the television and that feeds into the right cycle um but one thing that stands out to me uh, when i look at um the pakistani market as a whole stands true for south asia uh, mostly as well uh, particularly on sports is that we're still a cable television country right um whereas if you look yeah. at the united states or even look at europe uh people buy sports packages um and with covid and what uh, we don't know what it will look like in terms of stadium attendance uh, moving forward um and how long the crisis lasts uh, what has been your thinking in terms of looking at how to monetize um uh, the television side of the sports and the league in a way where uh, more revenues are brought in similar to the models that we've seen successful um all over the world or is it just that the south asian market is unique and perhaps we can't do some of the stuff that we see in europe and the united states in terms of selling sports packages i wouldn't say the south asian market i think india is still in a much better position in terms of you know where they stand uh, in uh, in terms of the maturity of their tv market pakistan though is is in a unique position uh, and that is a major factor in terms of the commercialization and strength that we uh, and or you know the lack thereof uh, of the lack thereof commercial strength of pakistan sports overall uh, of course it impacts cricket but i do feel uh, you know it it severely severely damages the development of other sports uh, and this 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 is a much larger factor than just cricket or the pcb or the psl uh it's it's a factor that needs to be taken into account at the highest level in terms of you know how the government uh sees sports and the development of competitive sports because unless that whole space uh is uh you know modified significantly uh, to bring it uh, at the same level or you know near or, or you know uh, nearly uh, at that level to same sort of markets where compet- where competition is present uh and uh you know uh, so, so there is there are private entities involved who are uh you know competing against each other uh, for broadcasting rights and driving up those revenues for sports uh including cricket including the PSL uh we uh, will not be in a position to uh you know maximize the potential of the market uh in terms of you know the, the numbers that we can bring in uh of course uh, the, the, uh, the the one of the major things is, is that we don't have uh dth and we don't have uh, uh a sort of uh, you know uh, that level of uh, cable uh, network um, or, or or digital uh, platforms uh, that uh, you know you see in the west or uh, india or you know other more mature markets but uh, i think uh, we, we are thinking about you know how we can sort of uh, still navigate this uh, difficult landscape uh, of course we'll have to think outside the box uh, which which we already have actually right um, i'm not sure how much you're aware of uh, in terms of the broadcasting landscape that currently exists for the psl but it's a very unique sort of uh, you know thing that we did and that it was mainly because we were pushed into into uh, uh, that situation because of the lack of uh, competitive commercial environment in, in the broadcasting sector sports broadcasting sector in pakistan uh, that doesn't exist in the news or media sector that's definitely you know a very competitive space unfortunately that doesn't uh, translate into the sports sector Mm-hmm. um uh, for the psl uh, we weren't able to get you know uh, good bids uh, initially when we went into our first right cycle when, it, when the tv and the media rights bids so what we had to do was very unique we actually paid the the sports broadcasters to broadcast our league we were actually paying mm-hmm. and what we I did, did not know that that's interesting that, yeah so we actually bought the entire commercial air time so like say for a double header the match started 3 or 3:30 pm 
and you know the the night game ends at around 11:30, 12. So you know from 2 p.m. onwards till about 12:30 in the night, we bought that entire you know uh, space on on those networks, all three networks: PDV Sports, Geo Super, uh, Ten Sports, uh, and then sold the commercial airtime available to do in that inventory in between overs for the studio for everything to a a uh, media rights agency right uh, uh, sorry a media advertising agency so uh, and they gave, they were the ones who were paying us the broadcasting rights for the league hmm. initially that the those that uh, broadcasting revenue was just enough for us to get the psl started right uh, they took uh, the the media uh, the media agency took a big risk but they also provided uh, you know uh the numbers for us to be able to launch the league uh and then uh in the next right cycle we were able to you know substantially grow that broadcasting revenue by about 250% to mm. uh, you know the number that you quoted is around the ballpark that we currently have with the with our media rights deal uh so uh, and it's still the same way but but because we are in a, in, a, in a position of strength uh, uh three years after we launched the league uh, we now don't have to pay the broadcasters in the second right mm-hmm. cycle it's the media agency who's doing that and we are you know uh, just receiving the broadcasting revenue from them uh, but still it's not the, not an ideal thing right an ideal situation would be that you would have two or three networks uh, at least you know if there are three networks at least two networks being pakistani private entities so they are locally invested in the development of sports and development of cricket in pakistan so they are partners and this is what what has happened elsewhere in the world where you know it's been uh, in, let's just take example of uh, examples out of cricket in in australia you have fox and channel 9 yeah. and channel 10 and channel 7 all of these entities you know competing against each other driving up those revenues and then those revenues uh, uh i think cricket australia now is more than a billion dollars through all their you know uh cricketing deals uh, big bash and international and what not all of that money then gets pumped back into the development of the sport right yeah similarly in england you have sky you have bt sports you have bbc you have itv you, these you know networks that are locally entrenched are uh and are uh, and are invested in the local uh, you know infrastructure there they are investing uh india uh, yeah, the the remaining of the big 3 similarly has sony has star they have d sports and there like i think a couple of others as well which help those revenues to uh, go to a very substantial level unfortunately that doesn't exist in pakistan that would be the ideal scenario we uh, and for that to happen uh, this need this sort of comfort zone of of sports broadcasting landscape that currently exists needs to be shaken up and it it's not a thing that the pcb can do alone it's not something that the psl can do it needs uh, you know a, a proper sort of thinking from uh, government relevant government uh, stakeholders uh, to realize how them not paying attention to this impacts the development of sports overall uh, in the yeah. country like it's easy to you know say uh, the governing bodies are corrupt it's easy to you know say that you know uh, you you have uh, uh, they they uh, the, the people that are involved in these organizations aren't professional right these are very generic statements but the fact of the matter is we just don't have the commercial strength and the revenue that should be there in this space uh, because there's no lack of following in sports uh, even our minority sports uh, which would be football or kabaddi or hockey you know if they are done properly if they are actually invested in properly in terms in terms of their view, just look at the example of you know uh, the kabaddi uh, league that happened or oh, sorry the kabaddi world cup that happened right yeah it was really season. popular right? it was extremely popular especially in the smaller you know towns and who yeah. should the organizers there uh, who were able to you know get uh, 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 were able to tap into that market and realize how they can of course they you know there are a lot of lackings there of course they you know they could do a much better job in the production values and you could do a much better job in how you present that overall package but uh, those are things that come that uh, come in time right but 
it, it, and it, it, it cannot be done just by those you know, uh, private organizations. It cannot be done by the governing bodies. It needs to be something that is a larger effort uh, at, the, at the government level. So it's interesting. I agree, mostly agree with what you said in terms of sports broadcasting, and I'm not an expert in the sector, but one thing that just came to my mind as you were describing these challenges was, you know, when you look at the Pakistani market, more and more content is now being consumed on mobile. Um, and that includes internationally yeah. as well, right? That's just where the world is going. So has there been perhaps some, maybe some thinking, or I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, on looking at direct-to-consumer mobile video, right? Where mm -hmm. it's not, yeah. it doesn't have to be live broadcasting because obviously data penetration and quality of data speeds is not there yet in Pakistan to consume for allow people to consume content yeah. like that. But shorter packages yeah. that build up the brand and drive up engagement above and beyond the matches that are being watched. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And is there some thinking going around driving up mobile content consumption to take up this broadcasting issue? Yeah, definitely uh, thinking around that is taking place and it is, uh, you know, uh, probably the route uh, that is a way out of circumventing this entire complicated, uh, you know, broadcasting space that exists currently in Pakistan and also for us globally as well. And it's not just something that we would be thinking of, right? It's something even boards who are doing it properly are, uh, will be thinking of, especially with COVID coming in. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the, the landscape isn't that great for uh, bilateral uh, series uh, as it was maybe like 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the landscape is much more different. Uh, the broadcasters just don't have that, you know, cash to burn uh, because, you know, they would have spent a lot on the key properties and then uh, they are facing extreme challenges from direct-to-consumer, uh, you know, digital uh, competitors in the market who are new and are more engaging and are just much more easy to access and are less traditional uh, than you know what they have to offer. So, and that is something that you know we have our eyes on as well, uh, and it's something that we need to plan for and you know definitely do a better job at to reach uh, our consumers. But of course, uh, that it's not as simple as building you know the platform and you know selling uh, direct to consumer subscriptions uh, it will need to strike a balance between uh, first of all safeguarding your revenues uh, with uh, going too much into uh, on, on you know relying on on that model might mean uh, you know taking a major cut uh, on your uh, revenues yeah absolutely uh, you don't want to cannibalize which, what what you yeah, already which, have which which will uh, basically mean uh, you know, uh, that you're basically shortchanging yourself in, in the short term, uh, but um, will you be able to afford that? Will you, will you be able to get through that short-term period to reap the rewards in the long term? So a very, you know, subtle balance has to be struck. Uh, and there, there is definitely thinking going around those lines. And we're, we're seeing how best uh, we can come up with, you know, what is an ideal solution. Uh, it, it, it isn't going to be easy, especially with COVID coming in. But yeah, that sort of thinking is definitely there. Um, I want to switch a bit towards the franchises now. And, you know, there's been a lot of news coverage uh, over the years in terms of franchises making losses and not being able to uh, sustain themselves over the long term or there being a risk about not being able to sustain over the long term. Um, we've covered some of the issues around, you know, the next right cycle and that will obviously... Uh, potentially help expand the pie for everyone else. Um, but, you know, at the start, you said that the major revenues are still coming from the central pool. And I was just curious to get your thoughts on what is the path towards profitability for these franchises and brands or sub-brands within the PSL umbrella on their own? Uh, because, you know, when I look at one of the things for me that's been disappointing is particularly around the merchandising and franchise loyalty building side. 
uh, where we don't see, you know, franchise stores or fan zones or things like that, that perhaps should have come up by now. And I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on where do franchises uh, go from here and how do they become financially profitable brands that then can help the PSL brand grow on its own as well? Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, a certain leeway has to be given to the league, but also the, the teams and the league overall, uh, because it, it, it's unique in the way it has evolved, how it started, and, you know, where especially it was taking place. Uh, just the fact that, you know, a league has been able to survive in, in a very competitive market when it comes to cricket. Like there are a lot of, you know, the cricket leagues that exist. Uh, that it has been able to survive uh, despite the odds in mo- mo- mostly a foreign land uh, is, you know, uh, something to be, uh, uh, so- something that we have to give leeway for when we answer this question. I would, uh, I would say, in, in, yeah. sorry to interrupt you, but I would say it has to be celebrated. Like given, given the odds with which the PSL started and where it has come, let's be honest, like, it is a successful case study in how to build a brand successfully despite all the odds going against you. So no doubt about that. It actually is yeah. a great brand so, that has done above and beyond what anyone would have imagined. Yeah, but but of course, I mean, then, then like I would go on the other extreme. I would also say that, you know, cricket is in the blood of this country, right? It, 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 it's, it's a major, major passion. So... Uh, if you if you if you do it if you if you do uh, it properly if you uh, you know uh, were able to plan a league in a you know whatever professional manner that PCB I think has been able to and the teams have been able to uh, I think it would have been a success and 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 like I shouldn't be saying this as being part of you know I've been part of this for five years but that that's just the truth right it's it uh, cricket is uh, the life and blood of this country and. Uh, there isn't any shortage of uh, fan following there. So, you know, not too much has to, like, I, I think sometimes we also do a lot of uh, padding on our own backs, uh, which, uh, you know, bothers me as well. So I, I do think uh, that also needs to be toned down a little bit because there's definitely a lot more room for improvement. Coming back to your question, given that leaving, uh, you know, it, this is still the first season that has not taken place uh, in the the merchandising element that just take a specific you know part of your query it does that culture start building it starts building in the stadium first and foremost right actually played the first ever home game this season right islamabad played their first ever home game this season similar similar from Multan, peshawar and quetta and peshawar i think out of all the teams uh, i would say Extreme fan following in terms of you know fans supporting their own grounds. News uh, are extremely important in terms of building that merchandising culture. Uh, A, B, of course, they're also very important once that build culture starts to come and the inside to evolve. Yes, the league has taken place five years, but for most of that part, it's not been it's been a detached sort of it's been a TV league for parts now. It's not been an actual, you know, some uh, a league or a product that they've lived and breathed and felt in the flesh, right? It's something that they've just been, they've just seen on TV. But this season, people in Pakistan would have felt that a league was going on in, in Pakistan. Uh, and that once, you know, you are able to do that for two, three years straight, the teams themselves, I think, are going to go on this path of, engaging their fans in a better manner. Uh, the the overall question in terms of, you know, making it more profitable for the leagues, again, the venues, the ticketing side, I think it's very important right now that's part of a central pool. Uh, once, you know, the league is settled here uh, and we are able to go into a proper home and away concept, that's something, you know, that where uh, if you look at franchise leagues and how they're operating around the world, that's where uh, those revenues start to build up for teams. Uh, ticketing and gate revenue, where it's done properly, is makes up a good share of uh, uh, you know uh, the revenues that teams make. Uh, so maybe that could be something that uh, is figured out 
in a better manner instead of just uh, you know one um, uh, central pool revenue. But that of course is still the times away because we're we're not in the home and away concept right now. Similarly, the broadcaster the broadcasting revenue needs to go up right, and that of course will happens with uh, we need to improve that space which we talked about in length in the previous question. And then of course I think the sponsorship and the commercial element, uh, the partnership element needs to improve. And that's not just, I'm not just talking about, you know, how the teams are handling the sponsorships or they're undervaluing the sponsor or the amount of money that they're able to get uh, from, from the sponsorship and brands uh, uh, is less. It's, it's also the brands that are in this space or the overall, you know, commercial space in Pakistan. They need to have a better understanding of how to exploit sports as a marketing medium. Uh, sports is unique. It's not a TV ad. It's not a digital ad. It's it, it's it's very unique in terms of how it should be, uh, you know, uh, exploited to engage your consumer base. Uh, that involves a lot of you know creative thinking around how you want to do your activations uh, and your overall uh, you know marketing um, for uh, the league uh, and. Uh, like right now, I do feel that it is a very transactional approach that both, yes, the teams and PCB take, uh, but also they're pushed into this transactional approach because the brand and the brand managers who are running these commercial uh, entities are, you know, also not equipped to uh, better cultivate those partnerships. So I think that learning has to come in the, where uh, the commercial partnerships need to be of a better nature, of more... Uh, you know, robust, uh, engaging uh, nature for the fans and the and the space that they exploit. Uh, if they're able to do that, the revenues will automatically, uh, you know, start going up as well. Uh, so yeah, I think various different factors where uh, uh, a, a lot of it is tied to the time that is spent in, in Pakistan, where this league is developing uh, in front of home crowds, uh, and I think we will see that. Uh, by the time, uh, by by the time the next right cycle ends, or you know, midway through the next right cycle, when we'll give it a two-three years in Pakistan. Yeah, um, you talked a bit about uh, initially about you know the economy and economic stability coming back. Um, one of the things that you know I wanted to ask you about what what has been the impact of the fact that the payments are made in U.S. dollars, up, uh, particularly in terms of the player side, which is a big part of the cost, and the platinum and diamond side, which is about $140,000-$200,000 per player. Diamond is about $100,000. I mean, of course, Pakistan's currency um, over the years continues to depreciate and be under pressure. Um, What what has been the impact of this sudden depreciation we've seen, particularly in the last two years, on the overall financials of the league? Yeah, uh, it has impacted the, you know, uh, overall, uh, you know, uh, model and the stress it has taken on on the league, especially the teams. Uh, uh, but you know, in terms of player payments, uh, that is something, and I, I have to commend the teams on this as well. That's something that's always been foremost in their priorities. It's it's definitely been up there. I remember when we were working in terms of developing the plans for launching the league, the player payments, how they would work, who would you know manage those how PCB would control those instead of, you know, the teams directly was something that we, you know, carefully thought about and crafted because we uh, had the, uh, you know, advantage of knowing where things had gone wrong for uh, wrong for other leagues uh, and where they had faced issues and pay payments, you know, their timing uh, was something that uh, was a major factor in terms of bringing, affecting the brand of certain, you know, leagues and we didn't want that to be a certain. Uh, and that is something we have, I think, uh, uh, you know, managed uh, quite well. And it, I think if, if uh, you would talk to or if, would, if you would gauge feedback of uh, players around the world uh, who have taken part in the PSL, they would, play, they would really appreciate that, that side of, uh, of the league. Uh, and uh, in terms of the, the values, I think that also when it comes to foreign players, it's important to realize that you have to match or you know increase uh, the the amount of values that they are getting in the overall space of T20 leagues. 
uh, it wouldn't make sense for a foreign player of note who has various options uh, to come and take part in a league when uh, the, the 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 salary uh, is competitive enough for him to come and play here. Uh, so uh, I think that is uh, a fact that teams are cognizant of as well. So, uh, but keep, having said that, it is it, the the dollar depreciation, the rupee depreciation in the dollar has impacted it, and we did take you know certain levels of uh, precaution uh, uh, for that. Where uh, you know we've seen where we can uh, help out the teams, where we can you know sort of maybe lock dollar rates at a certain time. That those sort of you know. Uh, steps uh, have been taken, but there's only a, 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 a level to which you can go. Uh, once, if, you, if you're going to go to a level where you start shortchanging players, then you know it's very easy for them to, in, in a competitive space where other leagues are also taking place, where they have other you know options such as county cricket and you know other domestic cricket, it wouldn't make sense for them. So we have to strike that balance. We, where we, you know. Uh, uh, look after what you know the, the the burden on on the franchise teams as well as you know what is right for the league overall and the players. Uh, and I think we've been able to do that over this past season and uh, 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 the last two seasons. And it's something we have an eye on going forward as well. Uh, one of the things, of course, might be you know completely converting it into a PKR league, but that that takes that 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 is something that. Will take more sort of you know thinking and research behind before we take that step. Um, no, I, I think the PKR thing will be will be harder, but I agree that players are part of the brand, right? And you need to be competitive in attracting the right type of players to the country, especially now that it has returned to Pakistan to continue building on the engagement of the crowds and the excitement among the following uh, among other teams as well. Um, from a overall domestic infrastructure impact, right? Pakistan has not had cricket or did not have cricket for a number of years domestically, and so the domestic infrastructure um, is in dire need of investments. And I was just curious to hear from your perspective, looking from the PSL's vantage point, um, what is the PSL working with the teams doing to make sure that that investment happens in the domestic infrastructure? Because again, that can be uh, from a commercial standpoint an exciting driver of engagement and growth where you have local talent coming through the pipeline. Um, and so what have been some of the measures that you've taken uh, along with the teams to boost uh, investment in the domestic infrastructure and make sure that the local talent pipeline comes up uh, through the years in the league? Uh, so, sorry, um, I, I, the question is in regards to the talent or the infrastructure? Yeah, domestic infrastructure investment generally, but you know, Part of that is also talent recruitment and identification, okay. but you know, broadly speaking, the investment in infrastructure. Okay, so I'll answer the infrastructure part first. Uh, right now, I think it has been more about first finding your feet in terms of international cricket or international level cricket, which is what I qualify PSL as as well, uh, to return to Pakistan in a stable manner. And I think right now, uh, the PCB and the teams are, you know, assured of the fact that, inshallah, things have improved and they, for the foreseeable future, we've been able to, you know, hold this entire season uh, uh, in, in a acceptable and I think a, you know, very good manner for for the first time that it was back. Uh, and now that you have that assurity, you have more confidence in terms of investing uh, for the long term. That's that investment. Uh, hasn't taken place so far to the extent, and I think this is this is a constant, you know, complaint that we hear from fans. Uh, I would I would be doing the same honestly if I was on the other side because you know, lush green outfields, amazing seats in stadiums. That's something that all of us want. We we, we watch sports uh, all across the globe, uh, whether that be cricket or football, and we all want that for Pakistan. You know stadiums as well, and it's, but the thing is, we have to we have to put on the other. We have to be on, come on the other side of the table as well. You didn't know that cricket was going to take place in this country. You're still not sure how, you know, which international teams are going to come and all. Uh, uh, so, but we we are getting to a level where we are more assured of that fact, which means we can start investing in that long term. 
uh, uh, towards the development of the infrastructure. That has happened with you know certain stadiums in Karachi. It has happened in Lahore. Uh, it happened in Multan this season. Uh, it happened to a certain extent in Rawalpindi. Uh, Rawalpindi actually uh, was 80% just, you know, those in terms of its seating was just uh, general, those, you know, stair seating that you have yeah. without actual seating. For the PSL, we converted, you know, half of that to uh, seated stands. Uh, so we reduced that, you know, by 50%. Uh, and uh, that was, you know, a good way of accommodating families uh, in the short term. So I think that was a good job. But, you know, definitely looking at improving stadiums. But the thing is, we, uh, it's more, it, it, PCB has to balance its budget, you know, and its spending as well. Because it's not just about those stadiums that are currently in place. You, you, you have an eye on Peshawar, you have an eye on Quetta. These are all stadiums that need help as well. Uh, unfortunately, how the PCB uh, has been sort of structured uh, up till now uh, and how uh, Pakistan cricket uh, overall uh, structure uh, that has existed has been focused on departmental cricket, right? Uh, and the regions haven't really been that powerful. They've been mainly reliant on uh, the central, you know, headquarters in the hall uh, in terms of their running. Uh, so, though the, which which has meant that uh, those local sort of uh, stadiums and infrastructure have suffered. Uh, that is going to change with you know now. I think uh, the model changing where it, you're you're going towards a more region-based model instead of a department-based model. But again, that will take time. It is it is key to get franchisees you know say in because. You know, if they are on board in terms of helping improve the stadiums where, you know, which they can call their de facto homes and start owning them up as their, you know, home grounds, they have a very key role in, uh, you know, to play in terms of enhancing that overall uh, fan experience for their, uh, you know, uh, consumer base. So, uh, yeah, those are you know, short to uh, medium term to long term things. Uh, but in terms of infrastructure, that is definitely going to uh, pick up in pace uh, now that the first season has taken place. And you've seen uh, Sri Lanka and Bangladesh come in. You're already, uh, you already had the green light for South Africa. Just, the, you know, the dates couldn't align. And inshallah, we'll hopefully get, you know, one of the big three in terms of uh, New Zealand, England, uh, and Australia to come and play here. Uh, so that that will bring an even more comfort comfort level to investing more and more uh, on the local infrastructure. In terms of the local uh, talent pipeline, uh, I think PSL has already done wonders uh, in terms of you know identifying and bringing to the fore talent that. Was all was hidden. Uh, I a lot of teams. The different teams have different ways of doing this. Uh, you have a very robust uh, player development program that Lahore Clunders runs and invests in a lot uh, and focuses on you know completely raw talent that you know even the PCB probably hasn't touched through their uh, networks and they you know try to find people and who who have who they you know give a good platform to other people. Then there's another model that other teams follow. Uh, I've worked with Islamabad United, so I'll give their example. They've done a very good job in terms of, you know, giving uh, people who have performed in and out, uh, uh, you know, season uh, uh, consistently, but haven't really gotten that international limelight. Uh, so they, they, they've picked out people who've, you know, performed at a domestic level and, you know, given them a chance at that PSL level, which is, I think, a good function of, of the PSL overall as well, right? The, the PSL basically acts as, you know, where in the past, the playing internationally would have been the only sort of way to, for, for the public to put pressure on, you know, certain names to get selected, right? If a player comes in, they play for Pakistan, 
the pe people get to know about him if he's performing well. It becomes very hard for selectors to not, you know, pick uh, pick that player. That sort of scrutiny has now extended from like a 15 or, or 30, uh, you know, base to 150 because those squad sizes have increased. Uh, the, the player draft uh, that happens every year gets a huge number of, you know, entries uh, from both locally Pakistan as well as globally from international players. Uh, so uh, those each team has about, uh, I think, 18 this year. Usually they used to have 21 uh, players on their rosters. So about 120 players that they give a platform for which, you know, get broadcasted uh, across Pakistan for a, month, for a month of tournament. And then these players become, uh, have a much better chance at making it to international level if they, if they do perform. So in terms of providing a pipeline, it, it has served this purpose. Where it is still lacking is in terms of the grassroots to uh, that level pipeline, which means, you know, programs at school and college level where, you know, franchise teams are engaging at the underage level and, uh, you know, nourishing uh, that talent so that they are able to come and take advantage of, uh, you know, uh, through uh, a, a proper process. Uh, PCB is, I think, still the only sort of the National Cricket Academy that we, uh, we have in Lahore, in Karachi, in Multan. I think are the only uh, proper age group level uh, pipeline that we hope we, uh, that is offered in the country. But that needs to change, right? That both from PCB's level where they empower regions to run those programs uh, and engage with, you know, the schools uh, in those specific cities and towns and, you know, regions. Uh, but also the franchisees also need to, I think, once uh, they get a hold of, you know, a more... Uh, uh, that it, this is not just a two-month sort of thing. They can it can expand into a six-month, seven-month uh, process where you know uh, a lot of that time can also be spent in these extracurricular programs involved with you know grooming uh, uh, on, uh, the age group level cricket, uh, cricket uh, cricketers. I think that 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 will be uh, a, a key factor uh, in developing that local talent pipeline that you're talking about. It's already doing a portion of that by offering a platform for players at the domestic level, but you know, that, that element is still missing. Yeah, and I would just say that would be a game changer, right? That if, if that were to happen and that grassroots level connection were to be made, that there's a feeder system, then it, it would just be a game changer for Pakistan cricket as a whole, even internationally. Yeah. And I would just add to your point that from a, from a fan perspective, someone who watches it, one of the best things to me that has been about the PSL is that you see young raw emerging talent come to the forefront and catch it, catch be in the limelight. Um, and also then the, there's competition, right? So the teams are incentivized to find the most talented players and give them a chance because at the end of the day, they want to win in front of an international and national audience. Um, and we're already seeing the fruits of that. So I think if that grassroots connect were to then be made uh, it would be even better um, in terms of the impact of the league uh, overall in, in on the cricket of the country. Um, last question to you, and you mentioned you worked for Islamabad United. Are you an Islamabad United fan as well? That That's not my last question, but I was just curious of which team are you uh, the most supportive of? So actually, this is a funny question. Islamabad United, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, not because I work for Islamabad United. I hail from Islamabad. So while I was actually the project manager of the league and you know we were setting this up, I inherently some you, you do have some inclination towards you know which team you, you root for, and naturally that that is the team that you know you hail from and you, you consider your hometown. So I actually hail from Islamabad, so I do have a soft soft spot for them. I do also have I think a soft spot for Peshawar Zami. I I, I I like the way they've built up their brand over the years as well. Uh, so, but those are completely personal sort of, you know, cricketing level uh, thing. But yeah, uh, yeah. each team has their own sense. Uh, but yeah, I would say hailing from Islamabad, that uh, is a key factor there. 
Yeah, I'm from originally from Karachi, so I've been supportive of Karachi since the league started. But over the years, I think Quetta has become my go-to team, given that they've done so well and have a brand and the underdog factor to them a lot of times that is just exciting to watch. Um, last question uh, for you is, where do you see the league going in the next three years? Obviously, with COVID, I understand some of the things are up in the air, but what's the vision uh, over the next three years for the uh, Pakistan Super League? And what are some areas of improvement that you want to build upon uh, to help get the league to that position? I think three main, main key areas that you know I have identified. The first and foremost being, uh, you know, fan development and fan engagement. Uh, we need to be more cognizant of the most important stakeholder in all of this. It's not the teams, it's not the PCB, uh, it's not, you know, the players, it's the fans. They are the most important stakeholder in this entire setup. Uh, and then, uh, we need to do a much better job uh, of you know entertaining them and not just taking them for granted uh, and you know devising proper strategy in terms of uh, you know how to keep them uh, you know how to how to uh, take them through this entire journey of watching cricket and uh, you know enjoying PSL and being a fan of PSL. Watching it just on TV, uh, not not good enough. Uh, spending you know countless hours on the road in traffic jams, and you know endless security checks and you know difficult seating arrangements, not good enough. I mean, we we are able to get past that uh, because of the passionate uh, you know the the amount of passion that our fans have and the dedication they have for the sport, but they don't deserve that. So I think uh, that's the first key area. And this is something we, we cannot do alone. PCB cannot do alone. Our PSL cannot do alone. It's something the teams uh, also need to be cognizant of. And also the, you know, uh, the, the local uh, government agencies and, you know, security agencies and, uh, the, 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 all, all the different sort of stakeholders that are involved in this process need to be cognizant of. So yeah, uh, I think that's the first thing. Three years down the line, I would, I would want, I would want that you know, uh, we are having packed stadiums across uh, the league throughout. We don't see any sort of empty, empty seats even in regular round matches, and when and it, and it becomes a family affair. It's not you know, uh, it's something that that supports uh, that women. Children all come in and you know uh, uh, are enjoying and uh, they, they they see it as a family event and not just a you know a cricket match. Uh, secondly, I think um, we need to do a, a better job in terms of the coordination and overall understanding between uh, the all the stakeholders uh, of the league, uh, the teams, the the you know the commercial partners, the PCB all need to uh, you know I think need to have a better uh, sort of working relationship. Uh, they, they 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 still have a very very good working relationship, but uh, you know uh, it needs to be more driven towards how we can improve this team. We can how I I generally I've been involved in this space now for about six years. Uh, I do see it, uh, you know, stagnating a bit, and uh, and I, I would I would I would like to see more, you know, fresh air to be breathed into it, uh, and um, a, a focus on how uh, all these stakeholders can come together to improve the overall league and to actually make it, you know, uh, a comparable league in terms of uh, its strength. Uh, uh, and it boosting Pakistan cricket overall at the global level. Uh, right now, PSL is huge, but it's huge, I think, to Pakistanis and uh, at, a, at a more local level. We need to, you know, start thinking global and start, uh, you know, thinking about how we can be, you know, the, one of the most powerful leagues in cricket and also help uh, 
with that help to PCD and help the overall you know, uh, position that Park Scientific currently occupies globally uh, to have more in, uh, level of impact uh, at the ICC level and in terms of our say when it comes to major decision making. Um, and thirdly is the commercial side, uh, which I think is driven by the first two factors. If you're able to achieve uh, the first two where you know our fans are happy and we keep them engaged and they they keep you know uh, driving up our revenues both by watching by uh, engaging with the commercial partners and you know other new revenue streams like merchandising and you know digital uh, all these different you know areas that are currently not as uh, well utilized as they should be uh, and then you know we are able to work with all the other stakeholders, those two factors will then build in towards driving up the commercial revenues for the league overall. So those three main areas is where I see, uh, you know, a, a significant improvement should take place. And if we are able to do that, uh, hopefully we can then, you know, say that PSL is one of the most, you know, uh, powerful leagues in cricket uh, and uh, is uh, helping uh, uh, helps Pakistan uh, cricket and Pakistan sports, you know, reach a um, a level at the uh, at the global stage where you know they're they're a they're a powerful stakeholder in terms of decision making. Um, I think the league has come a long way, and you and the rest of your team have done a commendable job. So, wish you all the best. Um, where, as a fan, I'm really excited about what the, the future holds for the PSL. So, keep at it. Thank you so much for your time. This was a wonderful discussion, and stay safe. And inshallah, we'll uh, talk soon and see the PSL grow by leaps and bounds in the coming years. Thank you, Zaid. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Really nice talking to you and yeah, good luck with the podcast. Uh, Love the few episodes so far. Uh, and yeah, thank you for your kind wishes. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Pakistanomy. Hope you enjoyed the discussion. If you like this podcast, please do subscribe to it using your favorite podcast app and do share it with your friends and family as well as on your social media. Hope you tune in next time.